When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gene Simmons from the rock group Kiss here. You know, anytime Paul Stanley bitches about my side projects, I have Tommy get him a cup of Folgers, and he shuts right the fuck up. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. Welcome back to Cobras and Fire, I should say. This is part two of the KISS solo album, Purge. That's right. Baco and I have traveled back to 1978 and have been assigned the task of cutting down 39 submitted demos from Peter Chris, Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, and Ace Freely. We are not permitting them to release solo albums, but we are going to make one killer 10-track Kiss studio album. Album number seven, it would have been in 1978. With that said, let's jump right back into it. Definitely check out part one if you haven't. And cue the scary radioactive music. So we are on to the next one. If I could take the lead on this one, please. Go for it. Okay. So I'd probably heard Gene's solo album multiple times. I know I had it. At one point during the um, 80s, early 90s, you know, I bought used cassettes and shit like that. So, you know, this one was one I had and I listened to it Mm -hmm. multiple times. Heard See You Tonight. It passed by me like whatever. And then finally, I heard it on Unplugged. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I was like, huh, I don't know this song. Wait, I do know this song. But for some reason, it sounds, it, it's pretty much the same. But for it just grabbed me when I heard it on the Unplugged version. These lyrics disturbed me from the f- first time that I heard them. And I will either, and, and they kind of remind me of watching you, she, you got your Christine 16. At the minimum, uh, like she has the lyrics, I know she's going down, going down. Everybody knows she's so good. The powers are worth her when she takes off her clothes, watching you. He's like stalking a chick. Christine's 16. He's waiting outside of high school. In this one, these are either stalker lyrics or they're slightly rapey. And let me, let me, let me read these to you. You ready? Okay. I know it's around. I don't have any doubts about that. I'll see you get it tonight. And if I can't, I'll cry and cry. What, what does that mean, Baco? Well, he's, um, 
promised her a pizza and he, <laughs> he you know this is you know remember get, pizza delivery was very cutting edge in 1978 okay so he was pro, tr- he said i'm gonna make sure you get it tonight um and if he can he's gonna cry because he failed to honor a promise what's the last time you heard gene simmons <laughs> ever have a cry in the lyrics really this yeah he has um yeah, I, he's not gonna. He's crying because he's not getting it. I'll see you get it tonight, and if I can't, I'll cry and cry. You won't see me without it, and I'll see you tonight. Is the next part. <laughs> yeah, but the way he sings it, and, and and that juxtaposition is used in music a lot, and and I think it's almost more effective when you do where you you take a very kind of deep dark topic and pitch it in kind of a, a almost an upbeat kind of lighthearted way it is very lighthearted i'll see you tonight outside see you tonight see you again tonight and, and if, if i can't, can't I'll, cry I'll cry and cry, and cry. you won't you see won't. me without it and i'll see you tonight outside you won't see me being is there is a total of i'm looking at this and i think there's a total of 13 words that are scrambled in a in a in a, in a soup here but but no this it's a very Got odd if you, on you. 
point being is you don't th- you don't see anything weird about that song. No, I know where you're topically. Yeah, I get what you're getting at. I just I, I'm less disturbed by it because of how it's delivered. Oh no, um, that's that's why I think it's extra creepy. It's the same thing as when you have a, a, a nice. There's tons of that in, in uh, music history as, as a nice sounding song where the lyrics are just dark. Sure, yeah. Actually, I would say Christine 16 is creepier because it's not done in this like, oh, Christine, you're 16. Happy birthday. No, it's like, I'm going to fuck this 16-year-old girl. That's pretty much what the song is to me. Yeah, no, this is actually, I think when you break the lyrics down, this is a little darker. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think the way they're delivered, Christine 16... No, I didn't pick up at it at the time. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, Christine, 16, those two words rhyme. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, you know, looking at it now, it's kind of fucked. And then when you, when I, especially when I see him sing it now, and he's like, you know, 60 years old, it's like, Jesus, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, so then the next one um, from that is Tunnel of Love, which is basically about pussy. Oh, yeah, so neither one of us keep and see it tonight, then? Um, Actually, I ha- it, does, it doesn't matter. I had it on my mind as a contender because i do think it's okay. it's a crazy ass catchy song but but at the same time i'm cool with it dying the thought child could have cleaned up those lyrics a little bit <laughs> that's right throw some dick references in <laughs> um tunnel of love as a uh, this is a zero for me but continue you know i it's just it's nice to to kind of you know they wrote like a song so uh, innocent and uh, we were just <laughs> I'm from that creepy lyric. Now he's like, you know, you know, it, it's, you know, again, you know, I can still remember, you know, listening to this as a child and that that's kind of messed up because, you know, I had fairly religious parents and they never picked up on this nonsense, but I had no idea that tunnel of love might be a vagina. That's what I'm saying. He just, he goes from one, he's stalking her. And then the next thing you're not just, you're just a victimless crime. It happens all the time. You haven't overstayed. I'm looking at these lyrics at the same time. I mean, he's a creepy motherfucker if you look at all this stuff. <laughs> well, he was friends with You'll, Steve listen, Cornell. You listen to this. This is when he's actually, uh, you know, that, that, that's a terrible joke. The, um, the, the, look, here's the best. This part, he's actually bragging about having VD. He <laughs> says, you wanted my disease. You have to do as I please. You'll jump off the roof if I say I won't let you get away. We'll let you get away. <laughs> you are the lock. I am the key. See, the lock is a vagina and the key is the penis. Yes, exactly. Let's break this down. <laughs> now that I'm looking at this, the uh, tracks one and two might have to do with uh, uh, VD as well. Radioactive, burning up a fever from Tunnel of Love. Who knows? This, maybe this is a concept album. <laughs> if he did a concept album, it would be... It would be about VD. Want to not to see 
Which brings us to true confessions. Yes. Oh, by the way, uh, I did not keep Tunnel of Love either. Thank God. Continue. Uh, true confessions, uh, very much like, um, all I'm going to say about this one is like, um, uh, uh, burning up with fever. I think it could work as a kiss song. It just needs to be rocked up. Yeah. It's got a good melody. Um, and drop the, the girl singers on it. Yep. So you're, you're we're moving on from that. Yeah. I, I, it made my contender list, but, uh, right. I got but again, no other comments. But again, there. right here, true confessions, um, Tunnel Love, both of these, again, I think are like not, not finished concepts. I think of these kind of like um, <laughs> Ladies in Waiting, where Ladies in Waiting, he just shit that out in the studio like right before they uh, they hit record. Like when he's talking about like going to the, the market and getting your meat or whatever like that, however those lyrics go. <laughs> so you've been to the market. <laughs> and the loops are the hot tonight. Yeah. But but I remember, remember seeing them on uh, I think it was on man one of those, meat one of those <laughs> one of those old bootlegs playing that they played that song like live once I think and it like mm-hmm. shit the bed and I'm, I'm like yeah but again there's some good stuff about that song the melody and this stuff like that but he he just he didn't finish it. This is Gene Simmons of the Rock Group Kiss. You know, for some people it's an uncomfortable topic, but poop is one of those words that sounds exactly like what it is. Yeah, Baco, we haven't even mentioned this. What do you think the shock was when when somebody bought this album? Like yourself, actually, because you said this is one of the first mm-hmm. new music and you took it home and you saw this guy on the cover with blood dripping out of the side of his mouth. And he had, you know, all the, the previous six albums and the Halaya albums and all the reputation. And you hear songs like See You Tonight. True Confessions. What you know what you I mean? Know, honestly, those songs, you know, at the time didn't really register much with me. I mean, I listened I listened to the record, but it was radioactive. It was living in sin. It was uh, see you in your dreams, and believe it or not, when you wish upon a star, of course, sticks out. Um, uh... My biggest memory of, of of the time when these came out was how poor we were that I could only afford one like every three months. It took me, and I never got Peters. So there's that. <clears throat> well. At least that was a good decision for your family. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Hollow Notes came around, came out shortly after this, and I really, you know, switched gears. So, <laughs> Let's go on to Living in Sin. Uh, I love this song. I still think it's fun to listen to. It's so stupid. <laughs> um, it is stupid. It, it is stupid. I'm not, I don't know if it's airborne stupid. 
but it's a uh, but it's definitely stupid. Yeah. Oh my god, living in sin at the Holiday Inn. It's it, it's fucking brilliant. Who and I, I'm, are I'm there just, even, are there Holiday Inns anymore? There are. They're they're definitely they've they've upgraded. It's a good thing he didn't say living in sin at Hojo's. <laughs> well, yes, it doesn't rhyme as well. I mean, I, I'm just surprised that they never even use this on their commercials. You know, <laughs> especially just that, that talk about like, hey, if you hey, come here, you might see Gene and Cher. Fucking like, do you just... think he wrote the lyrics to this on the on the Holiday Inn stationery? <laughs> I think he was in uh, um, Evansville, Evansville, Indiana. In Evansville, Indiana. According uh, to the the research, he was staying in a lot of Holiday Inns. <laughs> And everything like that. He's like ripped he's off like, a ream of letterhead. He's, he woke up one day. He was at the um, the Holodome, as I like to call it, in the, in the nicer Holiday Inns. And he looked up and he said, "Hey, that's a nice sign. It rhymes with sin. I got to call up Cher. Let's get this done." You Can, like Cher's phone call? <laughs> it's, the whole the whole song is a fucking train, train wreck to me. We're gonna have to move forward, but I will play. Hello, baby. <laughs> And then you just you kind of imagine him sitting there with like the phone kind of pinned in his ear while he like plays that baseline and, and it's like oh my god I'm really dude and he's like yeah I'm in my hotel room gym and bass. <laughs> that's living in sin uh a fine a fine and uh, once again you know what this shows is this is the beginning of when gene looks at something and then writes a song about it like like the uh, like the animalized songs where it's like uh the city never sleeps he just sees that in a magazine yeah make a song about it that's i big... still think though this, this is probably the end of it but this is when there was still kind of that um almost like i don't know I, I, Innocence isn't the right word, but he had a very unique approach lyrically, and it was almost a naivete about it. Uh, but it was what he thought he knew how to do, and and I love it. And and I don't know. I, I do. Like when I was, I'll go back to this about "See You Tonight," watching you and she. I think are very similar songs, and the fact that they're very uh, ambiguous, if you want to say, like, mm-hmm. like they're just kind of jumbled. Look it up, Billy Hardaway. Yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're just kind of jumbled. Stuff where like it's a bit, oh he's it's, gonna kill us when he gets on yes he is it, it, but anyway <laughs> point being is you, you're right like all the other ones past that are more deliberate and this is just kind of random and that's what makes some of these songs great though you know yeah no it's a little fun to listen to you don't really know what the fuck's going on no um next all is near you forward nowhere slash to hide. Hey, another one of your hide. favorite topics let's uh, sit outside your window when it's dark and kind of <laughs> lurk in. <laughs> I like this song though. Do you uh, like the song? I do. 
Yeah. I, 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 I appreciate this record a lot more uh, wholly than I did as a kid. I, I really needed a, a, you know, just classic hard kiss rock to get into it when I was younger. But as I, you know, you get older, you, you get into hollow notes and you kind of mature. So. <laughs> well, all I know is that, that this and um, See You Tonight are obviously the Beatles songs on mm-hmm. this album. And uh, this one I always thought was cool because it shows his vocal range. You know, he, he builds the, the, the end. Uh, I don't even know why they need to call it two songs, but, but uh, you know, he does the Don't Try to Hide at the end. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, let me just take a look at this real quick. And if you turn off the light, don't think you'll hide before the night. And if you touch me, I might come and see you. Don't run and hide. Uh, ah, there's not that much funny stuff here, but but it's it's a good song. Four minutes has a couple um, nice changes. Song. It didn't make the list for a Kiss record, but I like it. Yeah, cool. What's next? Uh, Man of a Thousand Faces, and um, the story with this one is that supposedly Gene had been trying to get this on the the like Rock and Roll Over and Love Gun. I don't know if he had like different formations of it, knowing him, but it's about his boyhood hero, uh, Lon Chaney. And if you don't know who he is, look him up. Yes, yes, I know who he is. Um, uh, no, I meant like the listeners. I know oh, a wise, oh, you know, then I know a that. wise, wise man like Blues Cannon knows who Lon <laughs> Chaney. He went by the name Man of a Thousand Faces. He did a lot of like early, you know, kind of uh, on-screen stuff. makeup stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, anyway, um, you, you really get to see like the inner only child on this song. I think if you want to go anywhere, and, and and I remember I don't know when it was exactly, but it was pretty late in life that I realized that Gene Simmons was never cool. You know, <laughs> I mean, he really was kind of that old weird Jewish guy yeah. um, because he was a nerdy kid, um, and you know, and he, he you know he fakes you know. He, Take it till you make it, you know, kind of thing. It's kind of been his attitude about a lot of things in life. This is Gene Simmons of the Rock Group Kiss. Growing up, I never gave into peer pressure. I never drank or did drugs. Of course, being a freakishly tall only child Israeli immigrant who drew his own comics, you know, I wasn't exactly invited to a lot of parties, so... I like this song, but I don't know. Who's the man... See, that's the, the strings are a little much. You know what? I think with this song, this is the perfect example of a, a non-finished song. This song, I think, could have really been great. And <clears throat> but it goes to that love and chains thing where the last minute is just man, dong, dong, of a thousand faces, man, dong, dong, <laughs> love and chains, love and chains. It just. It doesn't go, but, but the concept's cool. It, but by the way, what the fuck is up with the numbers, by the way? You know, man of a thousand faces, hundred thousand, what is it, the journey of a hundred thousand years, or what the fuck is that song? Oh, the yeah. Circus? Journey, of journey of a thousand of years, years, two thousand man, a hundred thousand years. They're all factors of a, a thousand. I would like to actually put the equation all together one, one day. For years I've lived in Next, Mr. Make Believe. Yeah, Mr. Make Believe. I like this song a lot. Uh, it's not for Kiss, but uh, it, it's kind of a nice, again. It, it's almost like um, the second half of Man of a Thousand Faces, where yep. again, it, it's it's more talking about Gene as a little nerd. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I, I do know what you're saying, though. That this album, basically, this is the last time you got to see like Gene as a human, correct? Yeah, pretty much, and you know, and. Uh, it, it's it's very earnest. Like his asshole record was really not not at all. The, I really think you know he tries, but he he's he must. I, it'd be fascinating to actually get to know him as a person. You know, not the reality TV guy, but 
especially during this time, because I, I, my gut feeling is he's a bit spastic. Um, uh, he's he's very uh, opinionated and domineering, as we know. But I think he's always looking past even what he's doing. And that's why a lot of these things do kind of come off unfinished. And, and, and he gets to a point where he thinks good enough is good enough. And when you tell me what you like, See you in your dreams. What do you think? Uh, I like it better than the, the rock and roll over version. And I, I just like the tempo and the upbeat of, of it. The extra verse is kind of cool, but it's more of just the tempo and uh, the way it starts off. And then you just jade. Wow.
And can um, we do, can we just skip all? Do you have anything to say about when you wish upon a star? Yeah, people who hate on this track need to go fuck themselves. It is what it is. It's not meant to be anything other than what it is. And I do think it, it, it's a song that that you know connected to Gene because of of what he was able to overcome. You know, coming to this country, learning a new language, becoming uh, this giant rock star, and and this this song kind of like it's it's a hokey Disney song, but it, it I, it's back to Gene being that little nerd kid. I'm okay with it, and frankly, he kills the vocal on it, especially at the end. It's like you had no idea this guy had that kind of smooth, high-end range. It's just, um, it, it's, it is what it is. I don't know. I, I wouldn't put it on my you know, playlist and crank it in the car, but I think it kind of fits for ending this weird, goofy record that he put together, and, 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 and people need to like lighten up a little bit. I'm, I'm talking with, to you, Chris Sinzak. <laughs> I'm fine with everything you said about about uh, the the idea about it. What I think is that it's, it's lazy to just basically, first off, to have everybody bring in that symphony to basically replicate what is a karaoke song. Like if he's going to do that and the sentiment and everything like that, then do something a little different with it. It's it's ridiculous. That for me, what this what this did is kind of put the the cherry on top of what was a fucked up Sunday um, for this album. <laughs> okay, I, I, I can live with that, and I, and I do think he could have made the point he made with this song uh, with about a minute less. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think you get yeah. that whole kind of like that the thing you were just talking about with the choir. Hey, it's fine. You could have really just gone right to the end there. Right. And the other part is, is it, it just kind of shows how far off the rails that this album went to. Um, but listen, <laughs> this this at least at least this album is something where it's like, hey, I'm trying something different. Not all of it's going to work, but at least I'm trying. And I respect that. Um, but uh, moving on. So what's what are the keepers for this? We know I know Radioactive is on there. What else? Living in Sin, Burning Up with Fever and True Confessions. Yeah, I mean, one of the contenders that I thought would be See You Tonight or All Is Near and Nowhere to Hide because, you know, on the first album, Let Me Go is a straight-up Beatles song, and I've, I have no idea why they did never, ever play that ever again. It's one of my favorites. but So those mm-hmm. would be mine, but I'm cool with whatever. So we're taking Radioactive, Living in Sin, Living in Sin and Burning Up with Fever and True Confessions. Okay. Next album. Ace. This is Gene Simmons of the rock group Kiss. Bon Scott once wrote a song called Hell Ain't a Bad Place to Be. But take note, he never wrote a song called Using a Bathroom After Ace Fraley Isn't a Bad Place to Be. Because I can assure you it is. Absolutely regarded as either the best or it's either like Paul's the best and then Ace or Ace is the best and then Paul. It's, it's definitely one of the, yeah, the love. The general albums. consensus is yeah. the two. Yeah. Um, I think at the time you might have had a different answer uh, or a little, at least a little more of a mix up on it. Cause I know Gene was in the mix more as fans that I talked to from the time, but you know, I think as the years have passed, it's Ace and Paul. Right. Right. So kick it off, rip it out, rip. Yeah. Rip it out, man. It's gotta be kept. Uh, it's fucking the perfect song. And, and it, for the first time you really hear Ace sing. You know, because his his natural delivery is a bit of a almost a, a speaking kind of voice, an acquired taste. 
Yeah, it is what it is. You know, when when he does it right, it's 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 beautiful. But I agree. And this song is a perfect example of that. And it's 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 everything you'd want to hear. Like, you know, if any of the the other records kind of freaked you out with the first track, this one had the opposite of it. It was like, oh, my God. I, I mean, I I would love to be a fly on the wall in the room when Paul Stanley heard this for the first time and going, dear God. You know, I mean, it had to. I mean, those guys did, did, were convinced he couldn't do shit, you know, without other people around him. And to, and to open up the record with that song, oh man, it's yeah. too bad he can't. He never did it again. No. <laughs> Think about this the, for the 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 listeners' ears for the first time. They hear "Shock Me," which "Rip It Out" absolutely demolishes "Shock Me" uh-huh. in many yeah. different ways. I mean, the, the guitar solo in "Shock Me" is the best part of that song. The rest of it's kind of plodding, and I don't mm-hmm. think it's because we've heard it over and over again. I never really liked it. That leather, "Shock Me," it's just not that great of a song. I liked. I always liked "Rocket Ride" better than than uh, than "Shock Me." So when, yeah, maybe a little bit, but that's yeah. rocket ride is like uh, okay. On this song, I did this. So I'm going to take these two things I do. I'm going to flip them, and then I'm just going to write a song about a rocket. <laughs> I see that, but but the uh, that had some great soloing in it too, and then it goes to rip it out. So my point being is, listeners went from shock me, rocket ride to rip it out as the third song uh-huh. they heard Ace doing vocals on, and the no. fact that 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 he did well on this album, and then the fact that that they came out, you know, he had three songs on Dynasty and three songs on Masked, and all those songs on there, except for maybe Two Thousand Man, which is a cover, pale in comparison to anything. Oh, on definitely, this album. yeah. Anything else up? So anything that he actually got into an album past that sucked in comparison to this album, which is funny. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do think they were trying to um, grease the wheels of getting him to go along with Fire and Peter, and it was like, hey, three songs. Gene only got two. <laughs> yeah. That was fucked uh, up. Continue. Um, so anyway, Rip It Out I, is a keeper. Oh, fuck yeah. Yes. Not even much to say about it. If you don't like that song, just, I don't know, yes. fuck yeah. up. You don't even have Speedy. to like, you just, it, it, as long as you like rock, you should like that song, period. Yeah, I would think, you know, even Charlie Daniels plays this once in a while. And it's, <laughs> that was banjo. It was banjo. Speeding Back to My Baby, I think it's a great follow-up. Another good one-two punch, kind of like Paul's record. Yep. Uh, this one stays for me, man. No, that's, that's a solid song too. Um, if I had to make a a cut, I would cut it. But I definitely like this one as well. Yeah, um, and anybody who liked the last couple records Ace did, um, I want you to, to to pick your favorite track and go listen to it. And then when you're done, 
listen to the first eight seconds of Speeding Back to My Baby and then tell me how much you fucking like those records. understand your your view there and then the the next the next two are pretty much your definition of ace or i mean like defines ace these two songs yeah. <laughs> songs kind of no this, blind is his reference to doing coke and yeah. ozone i'm not really sure if that's some kind of drug thing um I, they're both really cool songs and and they do kind of when ace branches out he kind of does these weird kind of funky off time augmented chords and both of these songs kind of feature that kind of style. Like he he would do it like on a more recent track to compare it to is that horrible instrumental Genghis Kong. Um, but these two songs I, I think are great, but I don't know that they're good fits for a Kiss record. Oh, I think they are. Okay. 
that both of those, um, and I especially like like uh, both of them. Kind of, you think you know where they're going, and they have a complete breakdown. You know, a cool uh, <clears throat> different. No, I, I think they're fantastic songs. I just I think they would be a bit of a a, a culture shift for anything that had appeared on a Kiss album around this time. Continue. What's on your mind? What's, what's on your mind is uh, it, it's a cool fucking tune, um, and you really hear. Um, Ace uh, talks about it a lot, but he, he likes to like augment in the studio with an acoustic guitar. This and this track was pushed up a little heavy. You can hear it on "Rip It Out" too, by the way. It just doesn't. It's not as a little more buried in the mix. And he's you can hear it on some of the Kiss stuff he's done over the years too. But this one, you can really hear that you know that. Oh no, uh, da, da, da. This is yeah. this is one. This is one that absolutely should be on a Kiss album. Mm-hmm. It is. It's power pop. It's just. Yep. It's 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 something that that uh, also that Ace rarely does, I, I I think in this complete in this mold. I think this is a just a great tune by him.
Yeah, yeah, it makes the final cut for me, and uh, um, it, it's being accepted as a submission for the new record. <clears throat> Excellent. New York Groove. Um, it's the only hit on any of these, and I love it. It's 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 just a brilliant cover, and you know how much I love covers. Uh, it, it is just it is so well done, and, and it's perfectly recorded. I have a hard time <laughs> seeing any scenario where that magic would have been something that happened in in the in the realm of Kiss recording a record together. This really requires Ace to leave the band and do it on his own for this to even be a possibility because he would not have came across a song of himself. Gene and Paul sure to fuck wouldn't have suggested doing it. And they wouldn't have really been open to the idea of fucking around with something on, on Kiss Time. So while I love the song and it is, you know, worthy of being the only hit on all these records, I don't think it's, it ends up on a Kiss album. Which is a shame because I don't think the world's a better place without it. Well, I'm glad I don't have to use my veto for this one because that's what makes this show great, folks, is we are definitely have our opinions. This song, when they had it on the reunion tour, I was like, oh, please, not this one. It was a bathroom mm. break for me. And this song is always bored. Oh, it doesn't come across live at all. Do you I, agree I, on that? Oh, I do not like it live. Okay. There's a handful of Kiss songs. That one, Lick It Up, Heaven's on Fire. I, I could go further. They, it just doesn't translate live. But crank is this version on your stereo and your car. I just love it. Got, you know, and that's why it's been sampled so much in rap artists. Got a really cool beat in there. And this is, you know, actual musicians making these. I'm in need of love. Uh, whatever. I didn't put it on my list. It's okay. Yeah, it's it's, it's a good song, but it's not going to make the Kiss album. Wiped Out is a bit I would silly. Probably the the opening track, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, this one's this one's eh at best. Yeah, it's fun to listen to. You I know? think I liked it when uh, I was a kid, where they did that like. Well, yeah, wiped it's got out. That, yeah, when they're playing Wipeout at the beginning, and I right. don't know. It's it's I think it's kind of fun in the, in the sense of listening to all this stuff together. Again, you're not going to cherry pick that song and and listen to it on your drive to work. So no, and they're not going to have an instrumental on it on a Kiss album. I don't no, think so. No, neither one of these two don't get on there. And again, uh, it's not because they're not good. It, it, it's these songs for Ace's solo record are perfect for the fact that that you know he has 
that this is an Ace Freely record. So as we're looking at making a Kiss album, the reality is we come down to basically three songs off this that I think can be used, and um, they're all super strong, so I'd be surprised if they didn't all make it. All right, Baco, since you have complete control, I'd like to at least submit mine for consideration just to go through it to see. Okay. And I, I'm going to guess that we are probably – I'm going to say that we have at least six or seven the same on this final 10-track album. Now, when you say the same, like matches not only the song but the sequence or just the song? I'm not talking about the sequence at all. I, I Okay. But but definitely the, the songs. Um, at least six because, because um, i'm i'm offering up a definitive sequenced record i bet you are here's here's mine for for consideration but then we'll go to the final cut because you okay. are you are the bob Ezrin of this this episode i have no rights yeah this is me paying you back for the gnr thing <laughs> that's right so you definitely had a, <laughs> i have no rights <laughs> now as we as as we discussed uh as far as in in kiss uh you know the history. Paul has. What did you say? He's d- done the opening track how many times? Um, well, are there nineteen studio records? I believe twenty. So twice. Twenty. Eighteen 20? or twenty. Okay. Yeah. And at this point, all of them. You know? Yeah, pretty much. And and we were at this point, we were a decade and a half away from Gene getting his first. Yeah, exactly. So, so mine kind of breaks that mold, and that's that. That Ace is this person that's just come out of the gate actually you're right it wouldn't make sense he wouldn't have this this power at this point until after his solo album came out but in my perfect album the first track is rip it out followed by it's all right for a quick uh paul stanley song and very in the kiss mold and then we kind of change things up a little bit because you've hit two two uh songs upbeat right in a row fast pace and then going to Snowblind. Then you completely flip the scripts and people are are uh, shocked to hear Gene Simmons do See You Tonight. Then we go to Move On, closing out side one. Side two opens with Wouldn't You Like to Know Me. Goes into Ozone, again, a little, little uh, change of pace. Then What's On Your Mind with Ace. And then again, a little little different from Gene with Always Near You. Nowhere to hide, and then ends with goodbye. Hmm. Yeah, let's see here. We got uh, as far as tracks one, two. Uh, what was your third one, Snowblind? Okay, one, two, three, four. Probably have five. We're probably half. I think we got six. Okay, cool. And and, and, so. and when I looked at this too, I probably would have flipped out. Um, Either always near you, nowhere to hide, or uh, see you tonight for radioactive. But I didn't know where to put it. I was like, I was like, in my mind, building <clears throat> my idea about this was building the the kind of like a destroyer, where it was a little different. 
and uh, not the same as all the other ones. So it had mm-hmm. a little bit of changes, kind of like your uh, uh, Great Expectations would be like the two Gene songs. Yeah, okay. That's like actually a good comparison there, but Bob Ezrin didn't produce this record. I uh, we've that. Eddie Kramer did. Yeah, okay, right. Eddie Kramer doesn't do that fucking weird shit, man. <laughs> so continue. Give us the perfect. All right. What, what do you call it? What's, what's the name of this album? It's not a cassette. Uh, yeah, it's called... let's call it 1978. What about All for One? Ugh. Awful One? <laughs> I thought that's what you came up with. Hey, you know what? Since he didn't get any of his songs on here... Let's call the album Peter Chris. <laughs> that is funny. He's That's not, how they he's make not it up. On, just, just like Dynasty and Mass, he's not playing drums on it either. <laughs> oh, and you didn't say it. Were you going to have Peter sing Move On on that? I mean, we got to give him a vocal track. Sure, sure. Yeah, in my version, he would have he would sing Move On. Okay. Well, are you ready? Yes, let's do it. For the definitive, unarguable what would be using these songs as as our criteria what a 1978 kiss record would have been let's do it on side one it opens up with tonight you belong to me with paul mm-hmm. and then uh ace is speeding back to my baby so i kept the one and two there from their two records Got it. good pace um and then to kind of mix things up we go with gene with burning up with fever um and uh, let me just say this. I think I know where your veto is coming in, so why don't you mention that when we're all done here, okay? Mm-hmm. And you can, and that way you can kind of decide what you want to slot in, too. Um, Paul Stanley's next with Love and Chains. And then um, the side one ends with Peter singing Move On. So you see that? We have that actually the same. That's my little wild card there. I have him singing two songs on here. Oh, see, okay, you tricked me. You tricked me a little bit. Yeah, but when when you said that, I didn't want to ruin it, so I left it. Side two opens up with "Rip It Out." Um, nice. Still, still kind of has that you know uh, opening feel to it. Uh, so you still get that effect from from Ace. It's just going to be the, the kicker for side two. Living in sin, then from Gene, and um, again, it has to rock it up a little bit. And I don't know, may probably get rid of the share phone call. Do you think, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I thought that was think... the best part for you with your description earlier. <laughs> well, I like it, but uh, yeah, this is a Kiss record, man. Um, and then Ace, What's on Your Mind is a nice little kind of middle piece of, of meat music right there. Oh, yeah. Um, and then take the intro, sadly, away from Radioactive, and I would put that in there. And then I got the. Um, so you're, just last... pretty, you're putting in Radioactive and like. Number yeah, four on side dun, two. Dun, dun, dun. Come up with some different way to, to start it, you know. Just starting it right there. and the, I can see that, sure. Yeah. And then uh, the last song would be Goodbye. We both, so we both had that. Now, I will say this. I, I, I marked them both for Peter, but only one of them would actually go to Pete. Um, so I, I would probably lean towards Move On and, and have Paul sing Goodbye. Yeah, because I, I can't see. I can't see. Um, I would have to listen to, to Goodbye, like. Again, to hear how that would work with with Peter. Yeah, and I do think move on is a more natural place for him. But uh, as far as that, but it's pretty cool I, to I think, think that way, though, because I never I, thought I, I never even considered thinking that he would be singing "Move On" or "Goodbye." But it's kind of cool. I can, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good idea. You're a good producer. Yeah, uh, very good. Uh, I'm executive producer in this sense, meaning you don't know <laughs> shit. <laughs> right, I don't do anything. I, I I just show up and tell him to change shit. That's right. uh, well, yeah, man, that was that was pretty cool. Uh, 
there's absolutely nothing that anybody would ever debate on anything I said or, or that you came up with. So what's your veto, by the way? Let's get that official. Well, the, first, the uh, the veto I didn't have to use specifically for what you put on there because it was going to be New York Groove. Oh, you were worried that that was going on. I got yes, it. Yes, yes. Because I've seen you wear a shirt that said New York Groove. So I was like, that, oh, yeah. that motherfucker is going to put it on that. This album. And I was. <laughs> yeah, hey, surprised you on two things. I, I I brought no Peter stuff to it. You thought I would, and I didn't bring New York Groove in. All right, so you still have it. I think I know where you want to use it. Well, man, there's actually three because because you got uh, <laughs> Burned Up with Fever. You said was on there. Yeah, Living in Sin and Love and Chains. I'm probably going to go with Love and Chains because I think you're right. If you could rock out. Living in Sin, as ridiculous as it is. And uh, I don't know. Burnout with Fever? Man, I don't know. Those two. I'm going to have to go video uh, Love and Chains. Just because in my mind right now, that's the one that, that is a uh, uh, just a, a just an ear grenade. What you going to put in place? Ooh, that's true. <laughs> it is not a nine-track album. Let me take a look <laughs> real quick. Um, you, do, you are a little lacking on Ace on this album, I believe. You only I have, have three. two songs or three? Do you have three? Three. Let me see here. I will... Hmm. Ozone or Snowblind.
You tell me if you had to pick ozone or snowblind and put it on there, what would you take? Oh, snowblind out of those two. But I wanted you to understand the dynamic you're about to do. Paul now has two lead vocals and Ace has four. I, I just I cannot see a scenario where you know I think Paul might be able to go three and three with you know G, you know Gene getting three and then one at Peter. But okay, I just, how about I, this then? How about see you tonight or all is near you? Yeah, whichever one you want. No, you, gonna, you tell oh, me of those two. You pick. You're the producer. This, this, I, I vetoed that, but you can pick one of those two. See songs. you tonight. Done. And that's going to go where? What position? Well, we'll just take it where it is, where you pull Love it out. Change. Love, Love and change. Yeah, it, it kind of fits there. Puts a couple of Gene songs back to back. But again, Paul's losing a hand, and uh, oh boy, I tell you, <laughs> I want to know what uh, what we're doing about this. Are we getting another song on here or something? Because uh, I only got <laughs> I only got two. I, I I gave one to Peter. I'm taking it back. Okay, Baco. So. Just break down track one through ten with my veto included. What our final okay. nineteen the album from Kiss just called nineteen seventy eight is track one through ten. Break it down. Tonight you belong to me, speeding back to my baby, burning up with fever. Wouldn't you like to know me? Move on. Peter on lead vocal. Side two opens with Rip It Out. Then goes into living in sin, what's on your mind, radioactive, and then goodbye. Hello, this is Gene Simmons of the rock group KISS. I've had many accomplishments. It's hard to pick which one I'm most proud of. Probably finally mastering my songwriting craft after 40 years with lyrics that refer to my dick as a submarine. Oh yeah, I told her that I had a
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 